Welcome everybody to Connecting the Universe. I'm author and researcher Mike Ricksecker. We have a fantastic and interactive class for you this evening here at the Connected Universe portal. We are going to be talking about what are shadow manifestations. Yeah, pretty much piggybacking off of the Friday episode of Ancient Aliens types of, uh, it was called The Shadow People. And uh, I, I have to say I was quite happy with it. Uh, I, I, I was surprised with how uh, heavily featured I, I was, but we did talk about a lot of different topics. And um, it, was, it was really, I, I enjoyed it. Like I said, <laughs> don't want to toot my own horn too much, but I uh, really want to thank everybody who came out to the online watch party. We had a lot of fun with that, uh, some nice back and forth uh, banter as we watch the episode together. So like I said, I'll get uh, that video put on the back end of the Connected Universe Portal website here uh, very, very soon. So Sean Kled is in the house, Jeanette Kemp, a couple others. Uh, we're going to get into our uh, class question for the evening. Jeanette's saying it was a great show. Uh, I've had a lot of positive feedback on it, uh, a lot of people who... Uh, watch it you know people even coming out of the woodwork from like when i was in you know school you know, like like high school many moons ago um which you know it's it's not the first time i've been on tv but uh people really tuned into that one so i was i was really really pleased with it so class question for this evening was what's the most unusual shadow manifestation you've witnessed uh, you know, this this uh, ended up with some interesting feedback here. So uh, first one here, Sean Coletta, and actually Sean just got that in a few minutes ago, but I, I put it up here up front. Uh, he says, when I was very young, around seven or eight, I saw a terrifying shadow come out of my closet and up to my bed. I remember it quite vividly. It was not a humanoid shape. I would describe it as a slowly creeping black fog that stayed low to the floor. Needless to say, my feet stayed under the covers and did not dangle off the end of the bed ever. Uh, kind of interesting there. Uh, I mean, first of all, shadow coming out of the closet. You know, a lot of people have kind of witnessed and seen that sort of thing. Uh, mine was in the, my first one was in the corner right next to the closet. And you hear a lot of people report, you know, I saw the shadow in my closet or come out of my closet, uh, that sort of thing. Uh, interesting though, that it was the kind of what we would call the mist shape sort of thing where that rolling black smoke black fog uh that sort of description we're going to get into some of that uh, a little bit later but it's also just you know kind of a real quick here to piggyback on this uh, that is sounds very similar at least to what was recorded or reported at the the conjuring house there in harrisville rhode island uh, by both carl johnson and of course andrea perrin uh, who lived in the room in which the smoke was witnessed. Uh, and so that was one of the things in the shadow dimension that I was trying to uh, track down with, with Carl to see if we could come up with a, an explanation for that. And we may have, uh, at least in part. And he has seen it there since. Others have seen it as well. And also a place where I have seen this was, uh, was a house in Edmond, Oklahoma, which we covered in the show, The Haunted. And we, we didn't capture it on film and, and have it air in the show. It was part of the story though, actually a deleted scene where the, the cat was acting all skittish, stopped at the door to the bedroom. And I looked in the room and saw the 
black smoke hanging there in the air. And so the question ended up becoming, because she kept seeing an entity with red eyes, uh, dark shadowy entity with the red eyes. And the question became, okay, was the, uh, was the mist or this cloud trying to form up into that entity with red eyes? Um, now, sure, because basically I ended up obliterating the room with uh, the flash of my camera as I tried to take a photo uh, and just dissipated away. But you can see here uh, it was near the bed and she had routinely seen the entity with the red eyes in her closet. So you can see some similarities and, and parallels here to, to Sean's story, uh, which is, to me, quite interesting. And that's what we try to do is we try to find similarities uh, between all of these different accounts and different stories and try to kind of put the pieces together. And there are a large variety of different accounts of, of shadow entities, shadow beings. So also have a, uh, a comment here off of Instagram from Jesse. He says, every time I've heard of this phenomenon, it seems to be associated with sleep paralysis. But in every instance that I have had the experience, I was able to move about and chase or try to physically remove the presence. Never sleep paralyzed. I have, uh, I have been left with scratch marks and have put holes in the wall while trying to punch through the entity. In many cases, just yelling and charging it has resulted in the entity dissolving or retreating into closets or walls. So again, uh, you know, the, the the account with the closet, but through walls. And it's kind of interesting. He, you know, he tried to get physical with the thing, punched through the shadow and, and, uh, and ended up hitting the wall. Uh, there was a gentleman who had sent me an account a few years back now where he had tried to shoot the thing. He had a gun in his nightstand drawer. And he thought there was an intruder in the house, but it was this, this shadow and he shot at it and uh, didn't hit it. You know, when he turned the light on, there were bullet holes in the wall, but no shadow, no shadow laying on the floor in the pool of its own shadowy black blood, you know? So, uh, so interesting. And yeah, he did not have, Jesse here did not have the sleep paralysis, which you don't have to have sleep paralysis when witnessing shadow people. And that's kind of just been a misnomer by the uh, by the medical community. They associate the uh, the what they call a hallucination of shadow entities as a result of sleep paralysis that you're still hallucinating or uh, seeing images out of your dreams, which you know people see shadow people all the time in broad daylight. Uh, or while walking around the house, it's, it's not always in bed and you wake up and, and see the thing. And even then, uh, when you wake up in bed, you're not always paralyzed. It's To me, it's two different phenomena that can happen at the same time. When it does happen, when you have the sleep paralysis and you're seeing the shadow entity, of course, it's very uh, you know, traumatic because you, know, you can't move. Uh, you know, your, first, your first inclination is not that there's a shadow person. Your first uh, thought is there's intruder in the house. Somebody's broken into the house. They're in my room. I am in danger. And then if you have the sleep paralysis and you can't move, it becomes doubly frightening because now you're feeling extremely, extremely vulnerable. I can't move and there's this intruder in the house. What is about to happen to me? And, and so it's like this whole rabbit hole that you end up uh, you know, falling down because adrenaline starts kicking up, the fear starts kicking up, 
all of that. And a lot of people have attributed the sleep paralysis part of it to the entities causing the paralysis sort of thing. Uh, but again, I believe that they're two separate things happening at the same time. So we kind of went off on a little uh, bender there on, on sleep paralysis, but um, uh, I think you guys know my take on that because I've been talking about it for, uh, for quite a while now. Then there is uh, Lori Hildebrandt, newer member to the Connected Universe portal. Uh, she says, oddly, after I watched you on Ancient Aliens, a ghost inside my child popped up as I was looking for something to watch after. And a child with vivid memories of reincarnation uh, was being visited by shadow people as well as the hat man since birth. It's on LMN and YouTube if you've never seen the show, which I have not. Uh, it's fascinating because the stories of these children remembering past lives can be proven by past families still living, etc., or history books. I thought it was odd that shadow people had been following this baby since birth. So I have not seen it, so I can't comment specifically on it um, other than, uh, well, for one, a, a, I'm, I'm guessing that the reason why they believe this shadow person has been following the baby since birth is other people have witnessed the shadow phenomenon. Because uh, I would be hard-pressed to believe that somebody remembers, uh, you know, memories out of the crib. You know, I, I have a pretty good memory into my past, and it goes, I remember things from when I was two years old. But to go as far back as being in the crib, no, I, I can't quite get back that far. Um, so I'm guessing other people had been witnessing the, the shadow entity there. So hard to say just from this little account of what it could be. I mean, it's always possible that the, that the shadow was, you know, a family member, um, you know, new addition to the family, you know, could be grandma or grandpa coming to visit and they can't fully manifest as an apparition. Their energy is there and they're coming off as a shadow. We're going to talk about, um, humans as shadow entities here in a moment. So that is a possibility. You know, people tend to immediately jump to, it's a shadow person, uh, it must be something nefarious. And that's really not always the case. Most times, most times they're just rather benign. They're not evil nor good. They're just kind of there watching, observing. And just from this little snippet, it almost sounds like that's what the case was or following around that the, the fact that this child remembers a past life may or may not be related to the shadow person phenomenon at all. Um, again, it could be two separate things happening at the same time. The, uh, the past life memories, extremely interesting. We're going to, uh, we'll get into that a little bit deeper in another class. We've, we've covered things like reincarnation before and some people, and we have talked of course about uh, past life regression, but, some people actively remember their their past lives and these children that have these you know memories and are reciting things that they could not possibly know is absolutely fascinating we'll get into that in another another time um always a possibility of course if the person has uh reincarnated that you know perhaps the the shadow that is there visiting uh, you know, it could be somebody out of their past life that's still, you know, coming to uh, to say hello, watch and observe, make sure that the, uh, you know, everything's going fine in the new life, that sort of thing. There's a lot of possibilities on the table here. Um, Lori was also interested in personal resonance. And Lori, I don't know if you have uh, connected yet, uh, 
you know, she was saying in the uh, in the group discussion that, you know, she was trying to make sure to to get into class on time. Uh, we're going to talk more about personal resonance next week. Uh, it's all related. Of course, everything is connected. But we will uh, do a little bit of a deeper dive on personal resonance next week. But we will talk about it a little bit off and on here uh, throughout the evening because it's all related again. Uh, Sarah's already uh, on the questions. <laughs> Sarah's always great for that. Um, you know, could shadows be considered spaces absent of electrons? Well, it's it is certainly the occlusion of light. So, um, you know, as far as light particles are concerned, um, they're they're either not present or, um, yeah, I mean, basically, what's what's happening. Uh, in many of these cases is you know, it has to do with our eyes, right? And the way the human eye works. We only see into a certain light spectrum and the way it works is, you know, light hits an object and is reflected back into our eyes. So we're actually seeing everything that we look at is a moment in the past. You know, it's a very, very quick moment in the past when things are very near like this. Um, but if, um, if that light is not reflected back to us, then it's just dark. It's just black. So when we see black objects, it's just the light is not being reflected back to us. So, you know, the question then becomes, how does that relate to a shadow person? Are they absorbing the light? Uh, is there something about their physique that can't reflect it back to us? Um, you know, it's, it's something anomalous in nature that we're not able to fully see with our with our own eyes, the way our, our physiology is, which is why, you know, we try full spectrum cameras or infrared and things like this. Um, and sometimes it's able to pick it up. Other times it's not. Um, and yeah, Tom, uh, saying reincarnated people may have their own spirit guide, uh, guiding them forward. And that, and that could always be, uh, you know, the idea that, you know, perhaps, uh, what's there and it's coming off as a shadow could be some sort of guide, uh, you know, looking over, uh, the person. So that's certainly a possibility. Um, and uh, Sarah, could shadow people perform surveillance on us as a form of experiment? Well, yeah. <laughs> you know, why do, why do we, uh, you know, watch and observe other, other species, other people? Uh, you know, we could be running some sort of experiment on somebody or something and we're watching and observing. Uh, we could be, you know, just the possibilities are endless. You know, if, um, you know, if these are, say, extraterrestrials, we'll get into the extraterrestrial thing here in a moment. Um, you know, what would we do, you know, going to another planet? You know, right now we send probes. So like the Martian atmosphere has seen UFOs from Earth. <laughs> you know, we don't consider them UFOs because, you know, they're ours. But um, if you were a Martian or a living organism on the planet Mars and you had these uh you know, these probes landing on the planet to you, that would be a, a UFO. Uh, and those things are uh, performing surveillance uh, as we would if we were to physically go to Mars, which, you know, we're planning on doing. We're watching, observing, taking in information. We'd be running experiments, all that sort of thing. So, all right. Um, something I wanted to do. Remember last week, we had those couple of video clips that didn't quite run correctly. 
Uh, and it had to do with the rendering of the videos on my computer that had run out of space. And then, so when they completed, some elements were missing with the sound. So the one that completely did not play at all was the one on averted vision. And this is one I definitely wanted to, to play. And so last week I said, well, maybe I'll just kind of edit the, the video from last week and stick them in there. I'm giving them to you now. So this is, this is the way they'll end up uh, getting in there. So let's play this clip on averted vision. And then there's other times, and I, I get this a lot from people where they feel that they're seeing something in their peripheral vision. It is known as averted vision. Our eyes are made up of rods and cones. In our peripheral vision, we see slightly into the infrared range. It's like when you want to observe a comet, and if you try to look at it directly, you don't see it so well. You see a comet better when you're viewing it out of your peripheral vision. When you're perceiving reality, the light is moving up through your optic nerve, through the rods and cones in your eyes, and it travels up to visual cortices, and it's downloaded into your brain through about 390 to 750 nanometers, which is one billionth of a meter, just in case you're wondering. And the cones are concentrated in the center of your eye, and they give us definition. Basically, that's the high-def camera of our eye. You get the color and the definition. The rods in the peripheral vision are the most photosensitive. And so spirits, and particularly shadow people and uh, um, other interdimensional beings, they're vibrating at a frequency which may be subtle. So if you try to look at them directly, you don't see it. But that's why you'll catch a glimpse of them out of your peripheral vision, because that part of your eye is more sensitive to low light, which in light being a frequency and a form of energy. So these entities are around us a lot. It's learning, first off, like you to be receptive to them. And then secondly, when you do encounter them, to learn how to observe them. Because uh, people say, I, I thought I saw something out of the corner of my eye and I looked at it and it vanished. It didn't vanish. You're only interpreting a very narrow band of frequency when we talk about light, but there's so much more going on around you. You're literally swimming in this vast ocean full of entities and multidimensional intelligences, which I know eventually we're going to find out a lot more about. And our sciences are getting so close to penetrating this secret. In fact, we know now that they are injecting the eyeballs of rats with nanoparticles, which are these uh, silicon hexagonal little structures that are about one atom thick. And when they're doing this, they're giving them the ability to have night vision and they've just moved into the infrared. And once you go into the infrared and we start looking into there, we're going to see that we're not alone and that we've never been alone. All right, there you go. That is... Uh from episode two of the shadow dimension that was you know part of what i wanted to talk about uh last week when we were talking about what is the shadow dimension so uh interesting you know mary talks about uh you know seeing a little bit into the infrared the idea that we are seeing a little bit into a different light spectrum from our periphery so that you know we see because we take in more light from the side than we do straight on and so uh, very, very interesting that, you know, we can catch a glimpse of something out of the corner of our eye, out of our periphery, turn and look at it. And like Mark said, it's not that it vanished. It's just that we're not getting 
that that same spectrum of light straight on when we look at it. So if it's vibrating on a little bit of a more subtle level, a little bit of a different level with uh, with with the light that's being reflected back to us, then we're not going to see it straight on. And so stargazers use averted vision. And so this is uh, when it comes to shadow manifestation, something's manifesting there, something is uh, appearing there, but just ever so slightly. And um, so we're going to be looking at a lot of these different types of, of manifestations. For some of you, some of this is going to be a little bit of a repeat for those that are uh, newer to the to the class and to the Connected Universe portal. Uh, this uh, some of this might be uh, new, which is great. And uh, of course, I uh, got a lot of you know great comments and feedback and questions from the ancient aliens episode on uh, on shadow entities that aired this past week. So I wanted to address this as well, uh, especially for when this goes out as the uh, the audio podcast later in the week. So, all right. And and Tom, I know that you've had uh, some uh, some interesting experiences with uh, seeing things out of the, the corner of your eye uh, in the periphery. So Tom is asking, shouldn't a 360 camera capture that? Um, possibly. Again, it depends on how the uh, camera is taking in the light. Um, you know, a lot of times we see shadows with with our eyes, you know, even if it's not just out of the periphery, a full bowl or right in front of us, and we try to take a picture of it and nothing Nothing shows up in the camera. It's like I was looking right at it. How is it not on the camera? And it has to do with how the light is reflecting off that object into then the camera lens. So it it all has to do with what is actually capturing the light uh, to be able to to record it. And sometimes it just does not work out like that. I mean, Megan Talbert and I were there at at Hinsdale House um, a couple of years ago now. Wow, it's hard to believe it was that long. Um, and, you know, we have these little blue lights all over the place, and we could not capture that with a camera to save our lives. We got the full spectrum out. We got the infrared out. I'm trying to get it with a regular camera. Nothing, nothing, nothing. We got on just the, uh, on a regular camera, it's dark out at night, so it was going to be a little bit of a challenge with that anyway. Just like the faintest of a blue glow on one clip for about two seconds when these things were all around us, you know, lighting the place up. It's how in the world does that happen? How does the camera not pick it up? So, um, yeah. And Sean, yeah. Uh, different internal structure than the human eye. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, for as wonderful as these cameras are, uh, they're, they're, they are different than the human eye. They, they work differently. And so they don't, they don't replicate what's, what's in our eye. It's a, it's a mechanical, uh, device, you know, where our eye, you know, we have the optic nerve, we have the, uh, the rods, the cones, the retina, there's a lot more components going on here uh, than, than the camera. So pretty interesting. Okay. So, you know, thanks for, for the, the questions and the comments and the feedback. So real quick, we'll do, uh, shadows as a human spirit. This is one possibility of the type of, of manifestation that shadows are a human spirit that is trying to manifest that does not fully come off as an apparition and it ends up coming off as a shadow sometimes fully formed you know we get the whole humanoid figure sometimes it's translucent tom knows i'm going to tell this story <laughs> 
Mineral Springs Hotel uh, a few years ago now, almost, right, Tom? I think this was almost three years ago now. And, you know, I saw the black smoke billowing up at the end of the hall. There were five of us up there that night. The black smoke billowing up at the end of the hall, kind of like, Sean, what you were talking about. You had the, uh, you know, the black fog there in your bedroom or, you know, Carl Johnson at the at the Conjuring House and Andrea at the Conjuring House with the, with the black smoke that would billow up. And this started coming, you know, closer and closer and closer to us. Um, when others started seeing it, it had morphed by then into the apparition of a little girl. And we all saw her a little bit differently. So where I had seen her fully formed from the from her head down to about her knees and she started to dissipate away. Others had seen her fully formed from her feet and then on up and she started to dissipate uh, around around the head. And that has to go into uh, that has to deal with personal resonance and vibration, which we're going to be talking about uh, more in depth next week. But we each uh, you know, vibrated a little bit of a different frequency. And of course, the the entity itself has its own energy and vibration and resonance. So, um, so you have all these different things to take into account and, and to factor in. And so that's why we all saw her a, a little bit differently, but originating out of that black smoke, which really confirmed for me that these entities that we uh, or that some of these shadows that we witness can actually be human spirits. And it's something my good friend Rob Guthrie, who we had on the edge of the rabbit hole last night, tried to convince me of for a while that, uh, you know, because for a long, long time, I had believed that all shadow entities were their own thing. Uh, and he had tried to tell me, Mike, some of these are actually human spirits. And he would always tell me the account of his, his aunt, where his aunt had appeared to him uh, as a shadow because she had expended all of her energy trying to get to him. And uh, she wanted him to deliver a message to his mother. And so, um, you know, I always believe and trust Rob. So he'd been telling me that story for a while. So I'd already started kind of backtracking on a little bit. Like, okay, I guess some of these can, can be human spirits. And other accounts from other people over the years had started leading me down that path anyway. And I was like, okay, fine. But when I saw that black smoke morph into the apparition of the little girl, it's like, okay, some of these shadow manifestations are human or human spirits and they're just not quite getting to the point of an apparition but they're at least making themselves known so um so uh jenna saying glad i shared the video um yeah yeah invalidating the times you've seen seen things out of the corner of your eyes yeah absolutely um yeah things do happen out of the periphery that um, that when you look straight on, it seems like, okay, maybe I didn't see it, but you probably did. Yeah. Um, so, and Sarah, uh, these entities seem to be aware of human culture as they seem to know, uh, clothing and how they behave. Um, yeah, that's kind of the more of when we get to like the hat wearing entities, they, uh, where they're wearing the different style hats and clothing and things like that and uh, they, they showed michelle lebaron there from uh, the washoe club there on ancient aliens and in that particular case now this is virginia city nevada in that particular shadow entity that I, I, I don't 
recall them mentioning it in the show. And um, you know, when I told part of that story, uh, it, they didn't include, at least I don't recall them, with the part of that particular shadow entity was wearing a cowboy hat and a duster, which you would expect for the Old West, right? Cowboy hat and a duster, which to me, you know, kind of adheres to this probably more of a human spirit. But if it's not, then could it be mimicking a human? Maybe it's trying to come into our world. You have to think about it. Um, you know, if we are, uh, if we we're researching another planet or if we're trying to um, blend in to somebody else's society, you know, if we're just researching, but we want to remain subtle about it, you know, we have plenty of science fiction movies like this, right? Where they're kind of infiltrating, even if they're not doing anything nefarious, they just, you know, want some information, you know, they'll disguise themselves and put on whatever the natives are wearing. So, you know, it could be something like that. So, uh, I know I mentioned this last week when it comes to human spirits, the, uh, the parts of the soul where different uh, ancient cultures believed in multiple different parts of the soul. I guess some modern cultures still do. Uh, what, this is the example of the ancient Egyptians believing in seven different parts of the soul. One of those, the shadow, the cabot, which stayed here on Earth, and the other parts of the soul, uh, moving off to the constellation of Orion. So these are the Bob birds, uh, and they're taking flight. So I just wanted to, to put that out there, because that's another type of, of manifestation where Again, it's the the human spirit, part of the human spirit staying here on earth as the shadow. This is a belief that's uh, long been with us, uh, that some of these shadows are human. Okay, so extra uh, shadows as extraterrestrials. Uh, one of the things that they really liked uh, me talking about, and even though it was only on the show for, I think, all of about 30 seconds or a minute, was the idea that... Uh, some of these shadows could be an extraterrestrial using some sort of cloaking device. And we've already been talking about the way the, the eye takes in light and the way we see these different manifestations. And there is a possibility that if extraterrestrials coming to our planet, they want to learn more about us. They are, you know, they're on our planet looking around, watching, observing, studying human behavior. They might not want to be seen. You know, they, they may be, you know, for their own safety, you know, they may be trying to stay hidden and just learn more about human beings before they make their presence known. Because what would we do if we suddenly, you know, uh, started, you know, seeing the, the extraterrestrials around? Uh, a lot of people are going to be frightened. That's a... Uh, natural reaction. Some of those that are frightened may try to do that extraterrestrial harm. You know, some of us may try to shoot the thing, right? Uh, we may try to capture it and experiment on the extraterrestrial. So all these different things. So for safety measures, we're trying to stay hidden. And one of those possibilities of trying to stay hidden would be the use of a cloaking device if they have that technology. But they may not fully understand the physiology of how our eyes work. Our eyes probably work differently than the eyes of an extraterrestrial. I mean, heck, you look at our animal life. Our eyes work 
differently than other living creatures on our own planet. So if they don't fully understand how the physiology of our eyes work and they're implementing some sort of cloaking device, they may not appear completely cloaked to us. They may be coming off as you know, something like a, a shadow or uh, some people report seeing a, a shimmer man sort of a thing, you know, where it, it looks like a human form, but uh, it may be just kind of translucent. Uh, it may be kind of silvery in nature. You hear a lot of these different, you know, almost kind of like a, uh, you know, melted man sort of uh, sort of being that they see. So there's a lot of different ways that that could be interpreted by our eyes. Some of them could also be shadows. Uh, same thing with, uh, you know, we talked earlier about probes. We mentioned probes going to Mars, uh, but, you know, probes from other planets onto our planet because we do the same thing. You know, we probe other planets. Uh, so, you know, some of these could be extraterrestrial probes or robots that, again, kind of the, the same thing where the, the way that we are viewing these things are more shadowy in nature than a fully-fledged object. It's also the interesting story of, um, I've, I've added this to A Walk in the Shadows. Uh, I wanted it when I recorded the second edition of the audiobook. Uh, I wanted to make sure that this story was in there. So I added some more content for the audiobook, and then I kind of just subtly and covertly added it to the printed edition. So there's 10 more pages now to the second edition of A Walk in the Shadows. Um, well, it's a story I've been telling uh, uh, lately in my presentations about the uh, about a hooded figure that appeared to a certain individual. He goes by the name, his alias is, is Tyler D., and I first came across the, across the story uh, from Grant Cameron. He was giving a presentation at the Conscious Life Expo a couple of years ago. And I was watching the presentation on, on Gaia TV. And he starts telling this story about uh, the original account was in the book American Cosmic by Diana Pasolka. And in this account, you know, Tyler was working uh, for the space shuttle program back in the 80s. And... They're looking for new experiments to, to be performed up on the space shuttle. And he says, well, I have an idea from a memory, is, is the way he described it. Well, from a quote-unquote memory, wasn't good enough. He didn't have the right credentials or PhD to put the experiment on the space shuttle himself. But So he was shot down by, by the general that was looking for you know, the, the new uh, programs to go up there. But he was able to convince a colleague of his who did have the right credentials to get the experiment performed. Uh, and, you know, they figured, well, and they didn't think it would, the experiment would actually work. They, but they figured they could at least get a paper published about the experiment. Surprisingly, the experiment worked. And so when the space shuttle came back, top brass in Washington, DC is want, wanting to know, okay, you know, who had this, uh, this experiment performed? Where did you get this idea from again, they come to Tyler D. He says, Well, I got it from a memory, which still that wasn't good enough for them. And they were pretty pissed off with him. He ended up leaving the program, taking his idea with him and you know, developing a business with it, uh, out of it with a partner. So 
again, that was an alias. So Grant Cameron, this is where Grant comes into the picture. Following that story that, that he read, he tracks down the real Tyler D in whatever his real name is. And, you know, they're having a cup of coffee together or whatever. And he asked him, okay, so what was this kind of quote unquote memory? And Tyler D tells him, well, it wasn't really a memory. I woke up one morning with this idea in my head. And the last thing that I remember from the night beforehand was a tall, dark, shadowy, hooded figure standing at the end of my bed. So essentially, he got this idea from this hooded figure. So the question then becomes, who in the world was a hooded figure? Was it, you know, there are a lot of people that believe extraterrestrials are, are interested in helping humanity. So was it an extraterrestrial person uh, or an ET that had given him the idea, something to uh, help humanity? Was it an interdimensional being kind of trying to do the same thing? Was it a time traveler? Was it, you know, one of our future selves, you know, coming back and giving him the idea? Whichever the case is, it was a shadowy hooded figure nonetheless. Question then becomes, how did it, why was it shadowy? Um, you know, what was the mode of transport into his room to come off in that nature? So we have one of three possibilities already with this thing. Extraterrestrial, time traveler, uh, or interdimensional being. So... Really, really fascinating. You check your uh, comments, questions here. So uh, Tom says, as as an experiment, I do so I stare straight ahead at a fixed position, open my peripheral vision from the side, and usually can see movements. That's interesting that that you uh, that you actually do that. Uh, kind of like I mentioned before, stargazers use that for checking out celestial objects. But it's interesting that you're doing it for you know, paranormal. Uh, that's that's really cool. Uh, Jeanette. Isn't it possible that some of these aliens could be from another dimension? Absolutely. And that because they are from another dimension, they may come across as shadow people. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I believe that a quote-unquote true shadow person is an interdimensional being that has crossed into our plane of existence from another plane of existence. And it's their resonance and vibration that causes them to come off as a shadow um, in a couple of different ways, really. You know, it it could be, and this could be why many of them seem to run so fast. Time could be working at a different speed to them, coming from another dimension, um, especially if it's a dimension outside of what we perceive as time. So when they come into our dimension, you know, their their buffering speed may be a little bit different than ours, and so. Uh, you know, we may just be getting you know a faint glimpse of who they really are because their their resonance is maybe maybe is vibrating super super fast or even super super slow, uh, and then when they run, you know, it, it could just be them walking, but because time is moving at a different speed to them, it comes off very very fast to us. You know, so there could be this phenomena in which the time for things to happen to for them from their dimension into ours doesn't line up right with ours and that could be why they're coming off as as shadows 
um, kind of that idea of um, you can make a you can make an object disappear if you speed it up enough. If you have a, I remember this example of a uh, like a car. If you have a still uh, camera static camera looking at one piece of a road and you speed up a car going down that road fast enough, zoom, 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 zoom. I mean, it starts to look like a blur, the faster and faster it goes. And it gets to a point where it's so fast, you can't even see it anymore. So this could just be uh, this differentiation in time that is a reason why they're coming off as shadows to us rather than a fully formed whatever it may be or whomever it may be. Okay, so uh, Shadows in the Matrix. It's one of my favorite chapters actually out of my book, and it's not even out of A Walk in the Shadows, and not even that long of a chapter. But I like getting into these different possibilities of, okay, simulated universe uh, sort of thing in if we are living in a simulated universe, what would these different uh, shadow entities be within that? You know, are they like the uh, the agents out of the out of the Matrix movies, where they've come from the machine world, or maybe what we would call like a home world, the original place that we're from, and uh, they have infiltrated that to whether it's to you know do maintenance, to watch and observe our activity, you know, these sorts of different things, and so. Uh, you know, we, we look at different things like like online games and, uh, you know, how we interact uh, with these different worlds. I don't want to get too deep into this because we did a whole thing on simulated universe, I think, back in December. You know, but the idea that, uh, you know, we are from a another world and we've we're basically playing out a life within it uh, is is truly fascinating. Uh, so. It's really, we only got about 15 minutes left. Wow, the time goes by fast. Uh, I do want to mention, um, you know, when we get into like other dimensions, which we've kind of talked about here, uh, I loved that they brought Michio Kaku into that particular episode. Uh, and what was, what was funny was, and those who were uh, part of the watch party will remember this, that, uh, we kind of made that exclamation when he started talking about the fish story, about the fish in the pond, in that, you know, in, in the example, the, the fish in the pond would be the two-dimensional realm, and then the world outside of it, like the, the garden here in this photo, the path, you know, all these different things outside of the pond would be the, uh, the three-dimensional world, and they can't perceive it. They have no idea that there's a whole other world beyond the pond. The pond is their whole, their whole world, and we had just been talking about that in last week's class and what is the shadow dimension when we're breaking down all the dimensions and my example was a piece of paper on a table and a, you know a, a speck of dust on uh on that piece of paper that the dust wouldn't know that there's something beyond the paper and beyond the table uh it would just know it's it's world there on the paper so uh he uses the fish which is probably a a better example uh, or if we go back into the idea of a computer game, then uh, you know somebody who is within that world, within that computer game, 
uh, you know, if you take out the idea that you know you're playing it, if this character here uh, or these people on the street were just, they thought this was their life, they would not realize and understand that they are actually in a computer and that there is a bigger world outside of it. Kind of like, you know, when you watch the Matrix movies, those that are, you know, jacked into the Matrix, uh, with what they call the blue pills, they don't realize that they're living within the, the simulation. So that would be the fish in the pond, not realizing that there's a bigger world out there. So another interesting concept is shadows as light beams. So this comes about with, um, I tell the story of, you know, the deathbed in the hospital, which is sad to think about. But some people report seeing light beams by the, the bed of their loved ones, or sometimes they see shadows. And they get concerned when they see shadow people, shadow entities standing around the bed of their loved one who's about to pass. They start thinking, oh my gosh, the shadows are after them. He's, you know, he or she is going off to a bad place. It's not necessarily the case. So, and, and I love this particular illustration because it shows the shadowy form, the silhouette of the person, and then uh, you have the light rays emanating out from it. I don't recommend this, but you stare at a light bulb long enough, and all of, the, all of a sudden, after a while, all you see is the silhouette of the bulb. You know, it's, a, it's suddenly a black bulb with some light around it, but your main focus is the bulb. Again, don't I don't recommend trying it. But that doesn't mean the the bulb is shadowy and dark and no longer has any light. It's just the way your eyes have adjusted to the brightness of that light right in your face like that. So it's quite possible that, again, because of the way our eyes work, that the entity is emanating so much light from it that your eyes are blown out or it's beyond the spectrum of what you can see. And all you can see is the core entity, the core being of what that is. And a lot of times it's, it has that humanoid shape and form. Another interesting thing to consider here, I see some other comments coming in. I'll get to those in a second. I kind of want to get through a few of these real quick before we have to wrap it up. Uh, doppelgangers. So the, many of you remember from uh, my Walk in the Shadows book that my doppelganger section in there, I basically, you know, shot down the idea of doppelgangers being shadow entities that, you know, I threw out basically the evil twin thing anyway, but I break down some of these interesting stories uh, like the poet Goethe or uh, Meg Fisher has an interesting story about uh, doppelgangers and really it seems to be more of time slips. I'm not going to get detailed into those stories, but there's an interesting story that came to me uh, back in November from Jim Harold. I was on his uh, on his podcast back then related this interesting story to me about uh, this this young man. He had, as a child, looking into his kitchen, got frightened 
because he saw this tall, dark, hooded figure uh, standing by the kitchen tables. Scared him to death. He ran off. Well, years later, he's in the kitchen, standing by the kitchen table, making a sandwich, wearing a hoodie. And he looks toward the doorway and sees this small, shadowy figure standing in the doorway. And he realizes, hang on a second. I'm seeing myself. When he was, basically, when he was a small child, he saw himself standing by the kitchen table making a sandwich. And as the, uh, as the older self saw his younger self <laughs> standing in the doorway. So basically, it's a time slip of himself. But both times it came off shadowy in nature. And it could be, again, the way that those moments are vibrating, resonating, it could be the speed of that moment. So... These are things like next week when we get into uh, personal resonance and vibration, we'll take a look at, at some of that. Uh, and then we also talked about uh, time travel a little bit. We've, we've been kind of talking about that uh, time slips, time travel. Are some of these shadows actually time travelers? And if so, you know, is, you know, is that resonance just not quite adhering to our reality and what should be a natural human form or even an extraterrestrial form and somebody could be time traveling from you know as an extraterrestrial or um you know if a million years from now it's no longer humans that are on this planet but some race that has come here from some other galaxy you know maybe they've inhabited the planet now um are we seeing them or it could even be other intelligent light other intelligent life that has developed on this planet a million years from now uh in has developed time travel and they're coming back and, and viewing us. So uh, there's always that possibility as well. So let me take a look at your, uh, your comments and questions here before we get into the last couple of points here. Um, Sarah Yusuf, more like Free Guy. Yeah, Free Guy was a fun movie. That was that was certainly uh, fun. So. Um, Oh, and Jeanette, yeah, I think there was an experiment to that effect. Uh, I think a ping pong ball was used and they increased the vibration of it till it appeared to dis disappear. Yeah, yeah, it gets going so fast that it just suddenly looks like it's has totally disappeared. When it, but it's actually still there. Uh, Tom, I often see flashes off to the side near the ceiling of the room after talking to Mike, it may be a portal. Uh, certainly could be a portal. Uh, gave the example on the show and ancient aliens of the woman who, uh, you know, had the flash of light, the shadow person came running into the room when they ran back out, saw the flash of light again And all the equipment, uh, in that particular room where the flashes were coming from was absolutely fried. Uh, but people do, uh, on numerous occasions report flashes of light along with seeing the, uh, the different, uh, shadow entities and shadow phenomenon. Okay. Um, Okay, and Lori, uh, Lori just joined, but uh, Lori, just to let you know, uh, let me put this banner up. I actually can't see your name. I had to look into the uh, on the Facebook side of it rather than the StreamYard side. So, uh, if you make sure this is uh, that setting is set, then I will be able to see your name properly. And uh, just to let you know, Lori, next week we will be talking about personal residence. I know that was uh, something you were interested in. So, all right. Last couple things here. So this was a, since we've been talking about resonance, vibration, dimensions, these sorts of things um, for several minutes here, there was another clip last week that didn't quite 
play properly uh, because again of uh, the different computer issues that I was having when I rendered those those video clips. So I'm going to play that again here now, and this will be where where that's at. I'll go back on the uh, on the portal side, connectinguniverseportal.com, and make sure there's a note uh, within the within the comments there that hey, <laughs> to get the correct clips, go to this video. All right, so let me bring that up here for for you guys. I tend to think that these were interdimensional beings. I've heard people talk about ghosts and spirits, apparitions, and what their encounters are like. And I've even seen sort of a ghostly figure before when I've stayed in castles in Europe. I've, I've you know, seen things out of the corner of my eyes. These beings, I would describe the encounter as much different. There, there's something about them that it was like, what is this? Who are they? I, I tend to think they're from another dimensional space. We know now that we live in a multiverse. In fact, we live in a multi-dimensional multiverse. And how we know that is through something known as the Wilkinson's Microwave Anisotropic Probe, or the WMAP scan for short. And what it tells us is that the radioactive background of our universe has these patterns in the background, these circuitous patterns. And these patterns are indicative that our universe is replicating itself. Not only is it expanding, it's growing, and as you mentioned, there is this universe that has existed before it, but, but there's other universes. And what we now believe in our cosmological theories, and our theoretical physics, is that we live in a vast ocean full of universes with these little bubbles, and they're all connected. I call it a gravitational uh, distortion can cause us to peer into other dimensions other than our own or other time periods, basically peer into different space and time. The real question we have to ask ourselves is, where are these shadow beings coming from? Are they in a dimensional space from our universe? Could they be traversing here from other universes? Okay. Yeah. And, and those are the type of questions that we're trying to, that we are asking here and that we are trying to make some sort of sense of. Uh, again, I think a lot of this comes down to uh, personal vibration and resonance in, you know, the way we are able to see and perceive the universe around us. Cause there is a, there is a universe around us that we can't, fully see with our own eyes. Again, we only see into a certain spectrum of light. So there are plenty of things around us floating around. I and mean, we're not even talking whether it's interdimensional or extraterrestrial or whatever. There's, you know, little little life forms and things like that uh, that that are floating around us right now and that might scare people, you know, microbials and things like that. <laughs> um, they're all around us right now that we just can't see with our eyes because we only see so much. So um, real quick here, something we didn't cover that they had actually interviewed for me uh, or interviewed me for the uh, Ancient Alien show. Uh, they asked me a bunch of questions and personal resonance was one that they had asked me about and we just, we never got to. Uh, but uh, Black Bear Church in Olive Township, Oklahoma. So this is the the crawler. That, that we witnessed years ago. It was probably over a good 11 years ago now. Uh, and 
This was featured on the Church of Darkness episode on um, my ghost story that used to be on, on Bio Channel. This is the basement where we witnessed the, the crawler. But there's a, a legend and a story about this thing being conjured uh, by some occult rituals. And if there were some rituals like that that were performed, uh, of course, this was after the church would have been abandoned. It would have been on this pedestal in one of the back rooms because we did find some scorch marks back there, some some burnt animal bones. Now, it could have just been somebody uh, trying to heat up their Kentucky Fried Chicken or whatever. But if the legends were true that people had conjured this these things up there, the crawler and then these little shadow minions, then this would have been the place. So this calls, calls into question, okay, so we've been talking about things visiting us from another planet, another dimension, another point in time. But there's also the possibility that rather than just visitations, we could be pulling things into our world as well. And that could be through some of these different uh, rituals that that people perform. Uh, you know, when we, we, we talked about the, uh, the secret societies and the stone circle, when we were talking like Archive 81 and things like that uh, the other week. You know, and, and one of the interesting quotes from that uh, show was every world having its own frequency. So basically its own vibration. So when we're performing these different rituals and chants and attuning our environment to a certain frequency and a certain resonance, maybe we're utilizing the stone circle, we're using some different stones, you know, quartz and, and all these different things. Um, are we able to call out to another dimensional space and pull something into our world? So it, it may not even be something that is voluntarily coming here. It might not be like, you know, we open a rift and something, you know, evil's like, ha I have access to earth now. Uh, it could just be, you know, we are unwilling or there is something unwilling on the other side that we are grabbing and pulling into here. And it could be something that is just, it could be ticked off that, you know, I was home and now all of a sudden they called me into this abandoned church and I'm pissed. And, and now people that, you know, it was these humans that are running around here. And now when humans come in, I'm going to be, you know, mean to them or, or something like that. Um, that's always a possibility. You know, we, we don't quite know what's happening there uh, when, when we're making, we think we know, right? Uh, you know, we have somebody who came up with these different, you know, chants and ideas, ha you know, had some sort of idea of what they were trying to do. And I think the ancients had a lot better knowledge of what these different ceremonies were, because I, I believe that they had acquired this ancient knowledge through, um, well, we don't have time for me to get into all of those different uh, theories and ideas, but um, I think quite a bit of that knowledge was lost to time and we're trying to recapture it. And when we try to perform it now, I don't think we're quite performing it properly the way that it was meant to. And you have a lot of people that are supposed to be experts and say, this is the way to do it. And I don't necessarily know if they have that done the right way, or at least, you know, in some may, but I think people like in the back of an abandoned church that are trying to conjure something up, they probably don't know the right way to do something. I think they have a possibility of pulling things into our domain that 
weren't quite intended. And now we have these different, you know, like the crawler shadow entity and the little shadow minions running amok out there. So certainly a possibility. And that brought us to our hour. Um, kind of crazy here that, uh, and I still didn't get to everything on, on the list, but it's uh, why we keep going. We keep having, uh, you know, more of these classes. So uh, last last kind of uh, comments here. Yeah, Tom had chicken parmesan. <laughs> uh, and Sarah, yeah, uh, key is intentional energy. Uh, yeah, I believe intention has a lot to do with this. So if, if somebody has a more nefarious type of an intention behind what they're doing, more nefarious things are going to happen. If you have more positive intention, the more positive things are going uh, to happen. So, all right, everybody, that is going to do it for this week. Absolutely appreciate, again, everybody that uh, that watched the Ancient Aliens episode. There's been a lot of great feedback following that, which has been absolutely amazing. We'll be meeting back here. 8 o'clock p.m. Wednesday night, connecteduniverseportal.com. For those that are listening to the uh, audio podcast later, come join us Wednesday nights at 8 o'clock for the full live presentation. Ask your questions, all kinds of information and videos and articles on the back end of uh, connecteduniverseportal.com. Next week, personal resonance and vibration. Uh, It'll be a pretty interesting class next week. So have a great night, everyone. Enjoy your evening. Till next time, if time really exists.